what's up everybody welcome back to another episode of extra reverb i say uh let's get right into it it's me world famous secret how about you guys just introduce yourself this time i am I, oh my God. jacob jacob i literally, I, I literally waited for you to like to go and after a bit yes. i was like okay I was like, I was like, all right, okay. He's not talking. We have I think he wants me to go. Comedy. My sincerest like, apologies, you bloody wanker. All right, I'm Coker. My artist name is Sweet Tuesday. So if you want to listen to my music, formerly known as uh, Coker zero four one five. My favorite artist is trending <laughs> in the top ten. Um, hey, I got on Spotify's erotic playlist. So he did. Playlist. He did by technicality. Gonna, I, I I paid to have that happen because I wanted to boost his self esteem. This is a this is a known fact. If you go on the Rolling Stones' website, you'll see there in the front in the front page, uh, Lucy Domino pays for Sweet Tuesday to be in the Spotify algorithm. Yeah, I mean it's probably gonna be gone from that website by the time this episode goes up because you know the the news moves pretty quickly, but. Yeah, That's just keep 100% digging. True. Yeah, it's in there somewhere, along with uh, Coker being Tom DeLonge's cousin. Yeah, or uncle. What was it? I think it was cousin. Uh, cousin. Yeah. It was cousin. Yeah. That's, He's related. That's the joke. They're related. They're related. I don't know what you mean by joke. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I don't know what I'm saying. It's joke. It's 100 percent true. Anyways, how are you guys, Coker? How are you doing, man? Is this I'm doing the great. Straight time you've started a podcast by asking us how we are. Well, well I mean, I like that's that's wholesome. That's not what's yeah, wrong with it, that. Wholesome. It's genuine. Although wholesome one hundred. This is a Reddit yesterday. moment. Austin and I were recording a whole different podcast yesterday. Actually, uh, really? you may have heard of it. This is a wholesome big chunk of serious moment. Hey, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta plug. Or, we gotta do some self. We have to plug. Not this self promotion. Check out. Bruh. That's getting cut. Oh, we're cutting you from the podcast. <laughs> Shut up. You say this. You have one joke. You have one joke. I have a he couple. Thank jokes. you very much. But that one he is has my two best. jokes. He has two jokes that I wrote paper planes and that Tom his three jokes. Actually, I wrote paper planes. Tom DeLong is my cousin and we're kicking you me off the podcast. Keep three this jokes. up and one of the jokes won't be a joke. Oh, Wow. I think we'll kick you off the podcast before we kick me off the podcast. Jokes on you. I have a, I have a, I have a second podcast. <laughs> I'll, I'll just forget about you, and I'll slander you on the other podcast, and I'll ruin this podcast. <laughs> and it's gonna be extreme allegations too, like you didn't, Bruh. or you started the Gulf War. <laughs> I did. The, uh, the yeah, Oklahoma he wasn't even bombing. born yet, but he did Coker. it. He did it. I All was right, negative well, uh, three years old when Coker I caused did Pearl Harbor. <laughs> He was living a previous life. He used to be and a Japanese kamikaze pilot. <laughs> well, um, we probably hit the buzzwords yeah. for this podcast already. So, and the uh, the Rolling Stone will probably report on that as well. Yeah, they Rolling definitely Stone's will. a very uh, it's a solid source of information, <laughs> dude. The last great thing to come from Rolling Stone was Hunter S. Thompson. That's really it. Like Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, that's it. Ever since then, Rolling Stone's just been on a... Speaking of tank. solid sources of news, 
Uh, there's been some reports of UFOs throughout recorded history. But one man thinks that he has finally found the answer to all this. And it's my that cousin. Man being Coker's cousin. It's my cousin. along himself. Jacob has the scoop right here with Rolling Stone News. I was doing X-Files theme, by the way. Jacob McDomino. Cue, like, really cheesy sci-fi organ. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> well... Imagine if Tom DeLonge actually takes this seriously and just comes at us and is like, uh, I don't know where you're getting this information, but Coker's <laughs> we, not my we, cousin. We get an email. No, what if he says get, he Like is? a cease and desist. What if he just says he is? Yo, if what he, if, if, we get a what if he plays desist, along? That'd be insane. Actually... If we get a cease and desist letter, I think Jacob will actually be happy because he's got something with his autograph on it. He'll <laughs> be a signature. Yeah, Jacob's, Jacob's going to frame it. <laughs> I would, too. He's going to get it tattooed I, on his back. I do have, I actually do have Tom DeLong's signature, although I didn't get it personally. I, you know, I, it was given to me as a Christmas gift for, uh, it, it was something found on eBay uh, last year. Um, so this isn't new news. I think this came out last year, if I'm not mistaken. And long story short, uh, there was footage captured by a uh, what were they doing? They're they're just military pilots uh, in the um, air force. They're just yeah, doing some kind of. It was of, from um, the Pentagon originally. Yeah, it, it was just uh, they were just like they're doing like some kind of exercise, right? Just doing you know, practice, whatever they do best. Out of nowhere, they they see on the screen like, what the heck is this thing? This thing is moving. I'll try to show like maybe a short clip of it or something. Oh, wait, I'm not editing. <laughs> Austin may or may not show a show clip or a picture of sorts, and it's like that. That's what not is a, this? That, that's not a plane. That it can't move like that. And they're like, yeah, it's a UFO. What is this it object that's be. flying while being unidentified? <laughs> it, it was like, what's yeah, pretty much, man. Uh, this was recorded, I believe, back in two thousand and three. Don't quote me on that, but if it wasn't then, it was really close. And uh, the footage was was kept top secret for a long time, and. I'd have to read the whole article to see how Tom DeLong and his company to the stars uh, got a hold of this footage. I think Tom DeLong, he literally has connections in the government, uh, in the Pentagon. <laughs> That's scary. That's really <laughs> scary, honestly. Like, remember remember Hillary Clinton's email leaks from a few years ago? Yeah, if that, I'm was not was, that If I'm that not was mistaken, him. <laughs> it wasn't him. <laughs> but if I'm not mistaken, if you actually go and look through them, there's actually some like back and forth between her and Tom DeLong, if I'm not mistaken, which is oh kind of crazy gosh. to think about. Don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure this is a thing. <laughs> That's insane. But, but basically, uh, you know, him and his company to the stars, they got hey, Hillary, this footage. There's something in my bedroom. Dude. Hope it's not the creatures from above. <laughs> Dude, he called it back in 1999 when that song Aliens Exist came out. I cover that too. You did cover it, I remember. I did, yeah, it was awesome. It was really good. That, it was one of my favorites. You had that Squire Strat that yeah, I also own. That I still own because it's the only electric dude, guitar that we, I have. Dude, it, uh, Jacob, if we ever play live for anything, we need to both go out with our Squire Strats. That, that is what I'm going to go out with. <laughs> I didn't have another plan. I've been dude, really be enjoying insane. playing the bass, though. I don't know if it's because I genuinely like it or it's because it's actually like playable i can actually play it i like the guitar um bass is cool but anyways yeah, yeah they released this footage you know uh, him them and the pentagon they're like all right here's the first official footage i think this footage came out last year if i'm not mistaken and it was like yeah it's f the first official like documented released by the pentagon if i'm not mistaken footage of a ufo 
And now there's just been more footage being released by the Pentagon. And that's why I brought it up because it's actually trending right now. And it's like, oh, yeah, I completely, you know, this is something interesting to talk about. Because I, I'll, you know, I talk about Tom Long all the freaking time, every episode of the podcast. <laughs> so it's kind of it's kind of interesting that I haven't brought this fact up because I'm sure a lot if even if you guys don't care about him, that's a pretty cool fact to know. So. Anyways. I, um, one thing I always like, and obviously I know. Like, this stuff is really freaky, but one thing I just, it's always confused me is why, okay, so, people, when, I don't think people realize that just because something's a UFO doesn't necessarily mean it's aliens. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't confirm, yeah, like, oh, I th- obviously, I get, yeah, like, I think people don't realize UFO, it is, it literally means unidentified flying object. It could yeah. be a tin can that caught some wind and flew up in the air. If they can't identify what it is, it's an unidentified flying object. Right. And, like, I'm not trying to completely dismiss the idea no, of no, aliens. No, no, yeah. There's a good chance this probably is an alien. It's either just something we didn't realize what it was, like a, like a bag, or maybe it was, like, a different country with, like, a crazy aircraft that we've never seen before. <laughs> I, think, I think we're already going to be suppressed by the YouTube algorithm, but... Oh, I don't know if this is the best way to transition to it, but we're finally on different platforms, audio streaming platforms. So we're not caught up. We don't have every single episode yet, but we do have the first three episodes up and a fourth episode will probably be fourth and maybe even fifth episode will probably be up by the time you're hearing this. I was recording this on Monday. (laughs) So uh, it's cool. You know what I mean? Like if you guys drive to work or whatever, you know, I love to listen to my podcast on the road or while I'm at work with my, you know, AirPods in weird flex. That, you know, it's it's great to do it. And I know it's a pain to do it through YouTube. I knew that. You know, I wasn't trying to screw you guys over who wanted to listen, but it was too inconvenient. So here it is, audio listeners. Uh, Enjoy. Do the Windows 3.1 startup sound. I actually don't know Windows. That's not how it goes. It, it's the, it's the, it's the ta-da noise. Oops, I didn't go yeah. back far enough. Can we ta-da. agree? That Windows XP was the coolest looking operating system by Windows. Yeah, honestly, back in the day, yeah. Listen, I think Windows XP was like the thing I liked about Windows Seven was that you could still make it because with that one you still had the Windows Classic theme. Windows personally, I've always used that a lot for uh, performance reasons. Yeah, I've always liked the Windows ninety eight look better than like any other one. Like Windows ninety five and ninety eight, my opinion. I I don't know. What Windows it is. XP it's looks cool though. It does me. look cool. I know it, it, it does, looks cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Windows XP, I don't know. There's just certain nostalgia to it. You know, I have a Windows XP laptop for for that reason only. But I got it for free. Uh, the battery doesn't even work anymore. I have to plug it in to use it. I installed SimCity four on there. Um, didn't really get to run that very game well. Is taxing. That for is a Windows XP machine, yeah, it's pretty taxing. But back when I first got that game, you know, back in 2008, you know, that's what I played it on, a Windows XP machine. You know, it was my grandmother's computer who has since passed away. And it's just a very nostalgic thing for me. So it was awesome to get Windows XP and install uh, SimCity 4 on it, you know. I have, uh, I got GTA 3 and Vice City installed on my Windows 98 PC. <laughs> oh my, does it run? Yeah, those were those were designed to run for like ninety eight up until like XP when those came out. Those were I guess yeah, I guess the game were, is that old, huh? Two thousand three, two thousand two. Two thousand no, no it's like two thousand one and two thousand two thousand one no, and two, bro. No, GTA four. GTA, I mean, I mean, sorry, GTA, GTA 3, three was oh three. Uh, San Andreas. No, no, was, no, 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 no. GTA three was oh one, dude. 
No, it wasn't. Yeah, it was, I'm dude. Look it up. up. GTA, GTA 3. 3. That's why they had to change so much stuff because they're not. Bruh. Oh, you're they right. came out the same years, so you're they had to change right. so much stuff about it. Bruh. It came My out bad. in 01, and Vice City came out in 02. Stupid. I was, I was, I was I'm sorry, I forgot Vice City came Stupid. out before San Andreas, so I figured it was three. Yeah, in San Andreas was 04. San Andreas in 04, and then Vice City in 05 we, or something we, like that. Dude, GTA 4 was such a jump from GTA San Andreas. Holy cow. I can't believe Coker knew that, and not me. Like, like, no, but that's such a crazy, like, you think about it. Such the short time span. Like, GTA San Andreas comes out in 2004. Three years later, you got GTA 4. Like, actually, it was four years later. No, GTA 5. GTA San Andreas came out in 20, 2004. Yeah, and the GTA 4 came out in 2008. I thought it was 2007. No, although it was early 2008, so it is debatable. It, it's more like three and a half years. Okay, well, either way, that's still now not... Now you're even. Now we're that's even. Still... Anyways, um... Alright. Enough of this. But then Let's GTA... speak about another subject. Wait. GTA 5 then came out in 2009. Alright, we're not talking about GTA Five anymore. years later. And now it's been 14, 15, 16, 17, GTA 18, 19, 6 20. confirmed? It's been seven Go-go. years. And apparently GTA 6 is still in the early stages. So <laughs> GTA 6 is going to take place in Flint, Michigan. I got leaked audio from Rockstar Games. They said so. And it's like they're just cut. It's their cousin Todd. And they're like, yeah, GTA 6 is going to be in Flint, Michigan. <laughs> it's going to be Flint, Michigan, guys. Really? What? Well, anyways, uh, now let's talk about something else now. So, uh, we got yeah. this drum machine here. It's called the DMX, it's from Behringer. See, the Whoa. thing is, um, there was an episode a couple weeks back where um, Coker was talking to me about how I should go work for Behringer because they make, like, a new synth every single week. And right as he finished, like, right I as gotta, we finished that episode... Actually, can I clarify on that? Because uh, I know okay. what you're about to no, say. No, you can't, Coker. You can't. We're in the middle of look, a podcast. So, no, I just got to... Okay, I was really excited and thought that they had... They're teasing... At a new, at that being their new synth, they didn't announce it. They were teasing it. That's oh. awkward. I yeah, that's really yeah. Like I thought, I was super pumped, and I was like, I was like, oh my gosh, dude. No, there. I think I definitely think they're gonna make it because there's no way they aren't gonna make it. You think about how Behringer as a company, literally their whole shtick at this point is recreating really old synths and like drum machines, but like. Gotta I thought Behringer. at first they were. I thought at first they were going to announce it, but they aren't. There, it's just a. It's they're hinting at it. And I honestly, well, it's going to be super exciting if they do come out with that, though. So does Behringer focus on recreating stuff that's already been made, or do they make a lot of original stuff too? They make like, original example, stuff too. D, you know, they make a they make original stuff, but a lot of their thing is. And they don't deny it either. They embrace it. A lot of their mm-hmm. thing is not necessarily com- making replicas, but doing sort of interpretations of them. Yeah, and this uh, is, and they're able to bring a, the same form factors in a, at a yeah. cheaper cost. You know, I love my Model D, and it was like, you know, four, five hundred bucks cheaper than the real Model D from uh, yeah. Moog or Moog. So, uh, so the DMX, the thing that's crazy about that is uh, that's... Because, you know, when most people think of, like, a drum machine from, like, the 80s, 
they think of like two of them. They think of the 808 and then they think of the Lindrum because those were like the big two, you know, but the DMX was just as big. Uh, there's a song by a group that I, I really enjoy called Blue Monday. Uh, it's a song by a group called New Order that uses the DMX kit. And that was what sort of ushered in the whole era of, you know, British post-punk synth wave and all that, you know. And Yeah, like, um, you've probably heard it in a thrift shop somewhere. Like, I know I had. I just didn't know the name. It's the one that goes... Actually, you know what? Coker made a cover of it using Earthbound Sound Font. I did. Just play a sample of that. Just play a bit of that, yeah. Well, we were all in the amphitheater and we were listening to that. It was pretty great. Good job, Coker. It was nice. It's that I did a great job on that, guys. The extra amphitheater. Extra, extra amphitheater. Itoy would be proud. Show a picture of the amphitheater in like Pompeii, just with like extra reverb poorly photoshopped with like <laughs> MS Paint over it. It's a Hollywood Bowl. <laughs> okay. The Hollywood Bowl. <laughs> Hollywood. Hollywood. I went to the Hollywood Bowl once, and it was actually really cool, man. Dude, like, it there's was so many, like... I, I'm not going to lie. I that's like, that's there, like the only... Definitely try to go there. That place is so, like, cool, legendary, because, like, that's, like, one of the few... Like, for example, I'm a big Doors fan. There's only one I like Doors, live... too. They open there's... my heart. <laughs> there's only one live performance that you can find on iTunes of their song, Hello, I Love You. And that's at the Hollywood Bowl. And then, like, the only Beatles album that is a complete live album. There's live recordings of the Beatles, obviously. Why wouldn't there be? But, like, the only album that's dedicated to just live recordings that you can still get is live at the Hollywood Bowl. That place is just like That was, like, the first big outdoor concert. That was so cool, too. It's such a great album to listen to, honestly. I wish, honestly, like... I know people still make live albums, but they need like they don't make live live albums like stuff like the, the Beatles live at the Hollywood Bowl or like Led Zeppelin's live albums or Pink Floyd live at Pompeii. Like they don't like now a live album comes out and it's just oh cool this is a little accessory to the album itself. But back then that was like they they treated that almost as if it was just its own album aside from what the creators were going to make next in the studio. And there's no there you don't get that anymore, which I I, I kind of wish would come back, because I don't think because you know a lot of the modern indie artists don't even do live albums anymore. Like I don't think Mac DeMarco has any live albums. I think he does, but it's like maybe two sessions, and that's it. You know, I think El City technically has a live album. If you uh, there's a if you consider it one, it's called uh, Live from Los Angeles, and you know it's all like edited, like there's edits and posts and stuff to make it sound more polished. Cool. Oh no, that's fine. No, uh, one of my favorite live albums is uh, the Kink. I can't. It's a Kinks. It's one of the Kinks live albums that they did, and that one they literally admitted they added like crowd noises and stuff to make it seem more lively. Oh and no, Ad- Owl Cities is uh It's not like 
fake live like it was like genuinely live it's just they made edits and posts like auto-tune for example yeah you know that's what all that's what almost every live album does they don't just ever take it that's why people gave um queen's first live album so much crap was because they didn't do they didn't do a good job mixing it you're Mm. you really are supposed to mix a live album even more than you would a studio album because it just takes way more to make it sound that good right it's called one for the road that's the kinks live album it's crazy, you know. I, f- I wish that that type of stuff would come back. Yeah, it's definitely cool. You know, it's a nice little, uh, it's a nice piece in the whole pie that is your favorite artist. Hmm. Yeah, and nice I think that um, crush stuffing. I feel like it's. I feel like there's even more room for it now. I feel like live albums, if they still made them, would sound great now because there's so much better equipment. Yeah. Well, I mean. Got to think about Austin, the talk about the questions. Cut this like out, Austin. You're... Talk about the questions. Bring it up. That was kind of rude, Coker. Want to talk about that? Yeah, bro. I'll talk about it. Fight me. We'll go. We'll meet up at Denny's at five a.m. We'll fight. Okay, five a.m. Are we waking up early, or is that like after like a like a late? No, night we're staying up. Like we're staying up till five a.m. Okay. Yeah, that's. You know, there's. You know, it's interesting. I I say it's more four a.m. It's going to be it's going to be angry but tired fighting. Really, really early. But if you're up at five a.m., then you're just up really early, no matter what. Does that make any sense? I don't know. I don't like this conversation. We should we just this is not a good conversation to the next topic. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. Talk about the Zoom G three. I'm personally Please. offended for some reason. Please! Please! No, I think we should sort out our feelings. Your feelings gonna, don't matter. The this podcast is, this is, does. This is no longer extra reverb. <laughs> it's extra. Are it's, the, it's, the podcast doesn't it's, care about your feelings. Now this is epic. It's, it's, it's no, it's, this, it is no longer is extra reverb. It's extra, it's extra family therapy. Extra corporate. <laughs> It's like extra we're like, group we're forced therapy. to be here. Like this, this whole podcast is. Cr- I can't steal that joke. Anyways, let's talk about a guitar. Yeah, pedal. We we were we all hated each other and would fight each other and just absolutely pummel the crap out of each other on a daily basis. And it got to the point where we all got arrested. And the judge was like, the judge was like, all right, as punishment, you will learn to get along by recording a <laughs> podcast, a mediocre Dude. at best podcast. There's a movie that reminds me of. It's called. Uh, I forget what it's called, but it's with Ashton Kutcher and Cameron Diaz, where they're uh, they 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 like drunkenly get married at Vegas with like a plastic ring. But then Ashton Kutcher wins the lottery, so she takes him to court and he forces them to be married for for her to take any of the money. <laughs> so they have to move in together and stuff. I don't I don't know. This is what it reminded me of. But anyway, so as we know, Coker Easler likes to bring up uh, guitar pedals in the podcast all the time. Well, now it's my turn to bring up a, a pedal. So I was just on the internet. I forgot where. I was probably on Reddit, as I usually am. And uh, someone's like, yo, check out the G- the Zoom G3. And I'm like, okay. You know, well, I don't know now. I was on Reddit. I was on the Angels and Airwaves subreddit because someone asked, hey, how do I achieve the Angels and Airwaves sound on guitar? And I was like, hey, I'm interested in this. I want to do the same thing. So I, I click on it, and what appealed to me the most was someone said, yo, the, G- the Zoom G3. And what this is, it's just an, an uh, just kind of like a pedal simulator in a sense. You know, there's three different foot pedals there. They're all connected together. It's made by Zoom. Uh, I have one of their microphones, actually. And uh, they can emulate different things. They can emulate, like, different, like, amp, 
like actual amps or just you know all kinds of different pedals i don't think they're like oh they have like a main brand this pedal this pedal but i think like oh i could put delay on this pedal or, or i could put like a chorus pedal so on and so forth and you get you know three different pedals to work with they're really easy to adjust and guess the price on this that sounds like an expensive pedal you know you could do a lot it's uh last time i checked 150 bucks and that's really wow. convenient because instead of having to spend, you know, three, four hundred dollars on a couple pedals, you can spend one hundred and fifty, you know, through two hundred bucks on one pedal. And although they're not the best for achieving like a super specific type of sound, maybe it's really good for general stuff. Where it's just like, oh, I wanted like kind of this type of amp sound or this kind of like effect on my guitar. And you know, it's real easy. Um, Again, it's just, you know, three pedals in one. You just, you plug in your guitar to that, then to the amp, and then you have a lot to play around with and, you know, so little of a setup. Um, we got a couple of videos here if you want to check it out. Yeah, um, we'll put them in the description. There's there's two Jacob, different pedals in one them, right? of these. I did. Good heavens. Um, what was your favorite thing about it? Um, I liked the like, Zoom G3X more, and I think it's a, a newer model. And again, I no, like that. No, but I mean... I mean, uh, what was your favorite thing that it brought to the table? The yeah, yeah, yeah. delay sound, the reverb sound, the distortion sound? Oh, you know, I don't have a specific yet. Um, but I just, I like that you could do, like, you could pick three different ones. I could use all three of those you just said. You know what I mean? Good heavens, the bassist you know, is I talking really, about I really liked pedals. the, <laughs> screw you, Coker, Easler. I like, no, I do remember liking the delays. Uh, one of the delay patches he was showing kind of, rem it reminded me exactly of one, uh, I think Everything's Magic by Angels and Airwaves. You, you know, it was pretty simple delay, but it was like, man, this is exactly what I need. So, but you know, check out the video. You like Angels and Airwaves so much, why don't you marry it? Uh, they already declined. But anyways. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So you it's do a, know them. It's a cool pedal for beginners. Because instead of, again, instead of having to buy multiple pedals, you can buy this one pedal. You know, it's really cheap, surprisingly. Um, and, you know, you could do different, you know, you could do all kinds of different things with it. Yeah. If I'm remembering, there is another company. I think they're based in... I believe they're based in Korea. Uh, that <laughs> there, so it's this company in Korea, and they, um, what they do is they make a sort of thing like that, and what it is is it's like instead of it's not the size of a pedal, like it's not near the size of like an actual like guitar pedal it's literally if i could give like a good estimate of how big it is it's probably about the same size as like a computer mouse or something like that like really small and you slide it on and it just clicks into place that's always cool and it comes with a bunch of different <laughs> effects too if i can remember the name of it i'll bring it up later but like yeah, it's a it's a very cool sounding pedal. Um, I'm looking up the Zoom oh. G3 more, and it says it has up to 94 effects, which is pretty cool. And you can use six effects simultaneously, and a hundred different patches. And there's a tap t tempo tuner and looper on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. So pretty cool. Pretty cool. That plus a Kemper would be um pretty. 
awesome. What did you what say? Was Kemper again? I remember. I remember it, but I don't. I remember the Kemper name. is a virtual lamp modeler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Connected with computer software, it can be programmed to change in real time in Ableton. It's not expensive. And it's very nice. Yeah, it is. I had a friend but it's good. who who talked about wanting I've used one it. really bad. I've used a Kemper before, and well, it is good. Like it's definitely the best virtual amp modeling thing that I've ever seen. They used to not be so good. These amp modelers, or the multi, the, like the amps that try and sound like a bunch of different amps, but the Kemper just uh, took it to the next level. The Kemper took things up a notch. Like it cranked it up to eleven, if I may. Dun, 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 uh, dun, dun. I can't remember it off the top of my head, but uh, definitely Austin. If I find it after this, you can put like a picture of it up or something. It's it's very interesting, but I just can't remember what in the world it's called. Um, All right, there's I I was really into guitar pedals for a little bit, and then I just sort of phased out with it because honestly, I don't really I don't I'm not readily available to mic anything at the moment because my you know my family's always over and all that and. It's just very, it, I can't ever get a good sound unless my amp's really loud and I don't feel like waking up everyone. So, you know, yeah, I've just sort of, I've just well, sort of phased into almost completely using Logic's built-in amp simulators. That's why you got to get your studio set up, man. I do, yeah, I do. <clears throat> my amp, and we have the same amp, um, my amp is so loud that I have to use it at like two and a half for it to be just, you know... Loud, but not too loud. <laughs> you know, it gets yeah. really loud, man. Like, you put it to five, it's like, holy crap, like, I, I can't hear. So imagine what 10 is. And a reminder to those who don't know, I have a Fender Champion. I've done Champ that before. We, we both, uh, Coker and I, we have a Fender Champion 100. Cool, cool amp. Um, But yeah. Dude, honestly, I cranked mine to 10 one time. Can I be real? It actually made like one of uh, the paintings on my wall fall off. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. We've all done that from time like to time. It's, it's so crazy, bro. It's how it's so crazy how loud it goes. Yeah, we've all done that from time Cross. to time. Even yeah. me. Back when I had so, an amp that actually worked. Didn't you say whatever amps just went bad eventually, probably from playing too loud? Both of them. Both my guitar amp and my bass amp. My bass guitar amp. amp wasn't really that good anyways. It was like, well, it was okay. I, I liked the sound on it, but it wasn't good for recording at all. Um, It was just an interesting sound. It was a little PD uh, practice. So Aust Austin, you had uh, some questions that you were going to ask us. Well, yeah, I've always Can got questions to elaborate? ask you, man. You always got questions to ask us, I know. Mm -hmm. All right, so we're going to do a lightning round here really quick. So we've got like six or seven categories of band members, and uh, we're going to each say our favorite, or like the one that we think is the best. We'll start with guitarist. Everybody, who's your favorite guitarist? Go. Tom DeLonge. who do you think is the best guitarist? Nick Drake. Go. Nick Drake. And for me, it would be... Slash, no, it would be it would Tommy be Emmanuel. Basis, go. Mark Hoppus. Uh, <laughs> really? 
We're trying to think of skill, not just other how, they, how well they can. You don't know any other no, 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 bassists? Carol Kay. Carol Kay. <laughs> Carol Kay. Carol Kay is my favorite bassist. Not who your favorite is. Who do you think is the best? Mark Hoppus. Carol Kay. Mohini Day. Oh, who do I think is the best? Uh, dude, definitely um, the dude from, the dude from uh, Primus, Les Claypool. Okay, Les Claypool. okay. Yeah, I think he's the best. I stick with Mohini Day. Drummer. John Bonham. Travis Barker, and I genuinely mean that, not just because he's in Blink. He's like a god. Like that one's that one's sincere. Travis Barker, he is a god at that thing. John Bonham is from the best one for me. I'd have to stick with the classics and go with Buddy Rich. Keyboardist. Buddy Rich. Oh Adam Young. <laughs> How did I know that's oh, what you were gonna say? That one's pretty sincere too. You might really as well good. just say Lucid Domino. Lucid Domino. I I'm a big fan of myself. Pretty wow. talented. Uh the best keyboardist. Austin. Uh uh Billy Preston. Billy Preston. Um Billy Preston, who did he play with again? Blank one. He was he did a he played with the Beatles for a short bit, but then he did his own solo stuff. Well, I have one in mind, but I don't know his name. Just uh some random gospel type freestyle piano player. This is really good. Beethoven Anyways, is my favorite. He's a classic. Beethoven. He's a he's a Ooh, respect a classic. the classics, man. Gotta go with Beethoven. You know who my <laughs> least favorite keyboardist is? Who's that? Lawrence Welk. Why? That punk destroyed pianos and called it fine art. Oh. Now, who's your favorite? Who do you think is the best male singer? John Lennon. Mm. Oh, no, no, Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney. John. Paul McCartney. I want to be sincere with this one. I'm trying to think. Um, who do I think is really good? For me, I honestly, I honestly will have to say Adam Young, because the dude, like, he's just got natural talent. He's never had any voice lessons. And yet he found the perfect voice for his music. Mm-hmm. Um, his his is one of the few voices that I always enjoy listening to, and he's got range. He's got a ton of range. He could sing really high, and then pretty low too. Decently <clears throat> low, not really low, but decently low. You know how much post processing like, I have to do to really sing low? high. He can sing higher than the than the highest official tenor note, which is this note right here. This note right here. Man, I've really don't hit the high right notes here. over here. You know what? On that note, on that note, I'm gonna have to. On that note, I'm gonna have to change my answer. I think '60s Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys, or just the Brian Wilson in general. From Pasadena. I have, I, <laughs> I have a couple. Um, I don't know his. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. It's Alex Gascarth, I think. He's uh, he's from All Time Low. He's also in Simple's. Uh, creatures are just with Mark Hoppus. I think he's a great singer. Uh, Matt Skiba is actually, I think, is a really good male singer. And everyone from Big Time Rush. <laughs> oh, and I, I one Dude, or two more. Oh, I was gonna ours. two more. They are good. I do think they're really good singers. Chester oh, Bennington oh, deserves oh. a shout out because he's he is a great singer, uh, and he could you know he could scream really well. And then Coker Easler. 
Yeah. Love you, man. That's funny. We didn't. You're joking. I did put in. I did put in male singer. I didn't put in male vocalist. Otherwise, we'd have to consider like who's the best growl vocalist. I um, think the guy from oh the best growl vocalist is uh, Screamin' Jay Hawkins. I think the guy yeah. from Amana Marth is pretty good. But uh, I haven't listened to that many metal bands, but I think he's pretty good. I think his name okay. is Bertrand um, Russell Pon- Ponset. I think, I'd have to say from Chunk No Captain. Chunk. Another on a bit of an honorable. Obama? Uh, by the way, I, <laughs> he's the best growl. I, I was gonna say this, you guys. I was gonna say this earlier, but I didn't. Uh, when Jacob was talking about his Tom DeLonge signature, I was gonna bring this up. I actually was able to like personally get a signature from Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys. Oh, nice. He's still alive. Yeah, he's still alive. Wow, miracles do happen. All right, who do you I think is the best female singer? Best female way. singer. This is gonna be a real doozy. Austin. I can't. <laughs> Mary Mary Hopkin. Mary Hopkin. Mm. You haven't you probably haven't heard of her, but I have three. She's great. She's from Wales. I don't Wales. know. Actually, no, I have a lot. Wales. There's Selena Gomez, obviously. Um, there's um Lights. Brand Duran, I think, is pretty good. And even Linz or Lindsay, who was on my Christmas song. I think she's a great singer. I really like uh, her style. So, those are my choices. And Tom DeLonge. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's not funny. I don't know why I said it. Wow. Okay. Um, Can I give a real myself? quick? I was going to say this, but one of wow. the best, I think one of the best male singers that doesn't really get any credit because he's more or less, not really, but more or less he's known for only one song, is uh, is definitely, uh, oh, I can't believe I forgot his name, the guy who wrote American Pie, Don McLean. Don McLean has one of the mo- is one of the most underrated singers in my honest opinion because he, his range can, it's, whole, his, the only person whose range can actually like, come close to, like, matching his, I would probably say, is Adam Young, like you just said. Aww. Like, he has such a great range. Don't forget about and, the like, guy from Green nobody Day. Rec- I'm just kidding. I don't listen to Green Day. Billy Joe, he doesn't have that much range. I want to be Not from what I've heard. Actually, you, you gotta say You got to say Billy Joe Osmond. You got to say, wait, no, it's not Osmond. It's Armstrong. Or, or, yeah, yeah, I said yeah, that. Billy Joe Armstrong. Billy Joe, Armstrong. Billy Joe you can't the punk say, that you destroys can't say, guitars. You can't say... You can't say Billy Joel because then people think you're talking about the dude who made Piano Man. No one likes Piano Man. No, everybody knows that we're not talking about Billy Joel, the man that said only the good die young. He like spoke a complete lie young. when he said that, by the way. I don't know who, who is listening and who cares, but that was a complete lie. Anyways, um, I think I'd have to pick a, a lot of different female singers, just like Jacob. I also really, really like Brienne Duran. She's like a really, really good soft kind of voice singer and then Laura Brem is also a really good soft kind of singer she's sang on a few of the fat rat songs then for more heavy type sound um Olivia Olsen who is the voice of Vanessa Doofenshmirtz and Marceline the Vampire I knew that Queen, name sounded familiar is a really good like if you watch an episode where Vanessa sings she really lets loose I remember her being a good singer yeah she's fantastic I'd take her over Ashley Tisdale any day, and that's no slight to Ashley Tisdale. I just think that she's better. And then, um, Ariana Grande is one of the most 
naturally talented singers that I've ever heard. Yeah, she has a... I mean, I personally, like, her music's not really my type of music, but even I'll, like, recognize it. She has a yeah, great exa- voice. Exactly. I don't ever... I don't own any of her songs. I barely listen to her, but I watched a video made by that one YouTuber named Gretchen that makes, like, a bunch of different tea-type videos, but... One of them was like, listen to these pop stars without autotune live and see how close they are to actually singing. Mm-hmm. And hers was by far the best. Yeah, Easily. Like they had, they had people like Selena Gomez on there and Taylor Swift. Yeah. Oh, Taylor Swift too is great, obviously. It's, it's, I it's, forgot to mention It's crazy her. to think that like, it's so crazy to think like 10 years ago or not, just a bit less than 10 years ago, she was the... You know the airhead comedic relief in Victorious. I know, right? It's, it's it, she looks completely different too. So it's kind of there's your weird. Teen Nick idol. You don't see many of those anymore. Yeah, I mean, I think she was the last one. She was honestly, yeah, she was like the only one out of any of those. Aside well, Demi from Lovato. like, yeah, well, Demi Lovato was Disney, but oh, never mind. Um, yeah, aside me. from like, you know, aside from a couple of Nickelodeon actors, I would have to say out of any Nickelodeon actors. She and Josh Peck are like the ones that are doing the best right now. True. And then for uh for female growl vocalist, definitely uh the girl from I I think the band is called Ginger. She has like a really uh kind of rich operatic style voice. Not really operatic, but rich lower singing voice, and then she just goes complete growl on you. I'll try and find that video. But yeah, another great that's female other, vocalist. Uh, that, yeah, go on, uh, go on. Another one that was another one that was really close for me, but I didn't really, you know, I felt like Mary Hopkin was a bit more, you know, I I'd not say better, but just I I liked her music a bit more. Uh, but one that was really close was definitely Joan Jett. Because I think Joan yeah, Jett. The I thing I respect is that Rocky Road. Yeah, the thing I respect about her is is that she's able to like add a more like i guess masculine quality to her voice without necessarily detracting from the fact that she's a woman which i think is something really respectable because i think people tend to forget that you know with especially with rock music there's two ways that at least from what i've heard that like women can go in the rock music you know the whole rock industry and everything they can either go masculine to the point where they completely lose any feminine qualities or to the point where or completely feminine to the point where it doesn't even suit the rock music that they're being a part of and that's how you know one's great like Joan Jett if they're able to get that perfect mixture in what do you mean though what do you mean feminine to the point to where the rock is lost because you've got people like Amy Lee and Evanescence and uh then you've well, got- I mean, yeah, there's definitely, there's definitely, fem- I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like classic rock type oh, stuff. And okay. I'm not saying that there's, I'm talking, I'm not saying that a, like there's, it doesn't necessarily, it necessarily makes the music bad. I'm just saying like with the stuff Joan Jett was doing, it came across as just much more, a bit more of a rock type atmosphere with, from her music than even I'll admit like Mary Hopkin or someone. Well, Mary Hopkin wasn't even necessarily rock, but I honestly, just overall, I think she was the best, one of the best. I think you're the best. So, what about how would you compare her to Pat Benatar? Ah, I haven't listened to enough Pat Benatar to actually tell. What do you know? Honestly. Hit me with your best shot. That's enough. Yeah, everybody knows yeah, that. Yeah, Pat Benatar is pretty close. You're you got a point. Hit me 
All right, how, she's really up there. Let me ask you a, a couple more questions about these. Uh, so was the singer from Heart? I can't remember her name. Oh yeah, Ann Wilson. Yeah, yeah. Barra, Barracuda. Buda. Yeah, <laughs> that's another great one. Okay, um, and then Magic Man used to play at the thrift shop I used to work at all the time. Um, yeah. All right, what's your opinion on Joni Mitchell? Joni Mitchell, she's good too. I like Joni Mitchell. What about Joan uh, Baez? I've used actually. I've never listened to her. Oh, okay, me neither. Yeah, <laughs> I like Joni Joni Mitchell. I've actually used her tuning that she used for um, Hegira a couple on a couple songs. Hmm. I don't know that song. It's pretty good. It, she uses a different type of tuning for it, and I've used it before. It's a great. It's really interesting. Okay, now who was the girl that went to Woodstock and she was just like almost Janice Joplin. Janice Joplin. Janice That's Joplin who I was going to ask you about too. next. Now, I'm glad you reminded J. me about that because goodness, Janice J- Joplin's up there with them too. That's, Jacob, she if was you so, haven't ever her, if you haven't ever listened to Janice Joplin sing, then you're missing out, man. I think I'm gonna have to change my answer. I think I'm gonna have to change my answer because I just remembered probably my favorite one that I just I don't know how I forgot because she's literally one of my favorite. Singers just of all, uh, Grace Slick from Jefferson Airplane. She is great. Hmm. Like, have you heard her? She has like she's, dude, like the natural vibrato that she's able to pull off, especially on songs like White Rabbit. It's just amazing, and I can't believe I forgot about her because I literally, I'm a huge Jefferson Airplane fan. So yeah, I'm gonna have to swap Mary Hopkins out. Mary Hopkins gonna be second to Joni Mitchell. <laughs> Joni Mitchell. Dang it, I got him swapped. Uh, uh, my bad. I you know to what? Say, that's I meant enough. To say Grace that's enough. Okay, that's enough. That's enough. Let's move on. We're simping. Last. <laughs> really? <laughs> it's April. It's almost May, man. Okay. Last it is lightning May. round. Who do you think is the best songwriter? Try to think of somebody that's a little underrated. I got mine already. I got mine already. Pete Ham, Badfinger. Boom. <laughs> Myself. He is great. Wow. Oh, wow. Wow. Oh, wow. You know, this, you know, I'm going to say something controversial. I think it's going to sound dumb, but I think Ray William Johnson was a pretty good writer. (laughs) (laughs) Just because his songs are really comedic, and some of them are like beyond clever. So I'm going to say Ray William Johnson. (laughs) That takes me back. Sort of. Because I, I, I want to choose an answer. I want to choose an answer that I haven't said already. No, no, I want to change. But I change my mind. He is up there. But I think Bo Burnham is beyond talented. He deserves Bo to be number Burnham. one. Bo Burnham. Okay. Dead Mouse is my favorite writer. <laughs> Just kidding. It was a joke because he doesn't sing. He's an idiot. No, it's kidding, Joel. Song if you if, if 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 you're if when you're watching this, I want to be on uh, a song, or I would love to have you on the podcast. Please hit me up. Wow. Well, uh, uh, Pete, oh. For me, I was gonna say Scott Kerr, but um, like he, you probably haven't heard of him, but he is a very talent. He's very talented at rhyming in his songs, and not like rhyming like they do in raps. But like he he will find a certain word that people don't usually say, like contrive, and he'll be able to rhyme it perfectly and make it work within the song. Just think about how I kind of beat around the bush and eventually get to my point. 
if I, like I explain a ton of things that maybe not need to be explained, may not need to be explained to get to my point. Well, that's kind of the way he is in songs, but he's a lot better at doing it. And it, it works much better over the instrumentation. But what you said about Bo, what you said, sorry, what you said about. Yo, what's about, up, Austin? You really stink. I could tell from your jokes you don't like to think. Your channel's like walking with tinny shoes on a crazy little ice rink. Oh. 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 Okay. Career ended. I just ended Austin's whole career. No, career ended. Songs removed from iTunes library. Blocked on Twitter. Anyways, what Austin's you said about Bo Burnham <laughs> sort of made me think of Bill Wirtz. Bill Wirtz is but really Bill good. Bill Wirtz is not really underrated. He does get a lot of respect and admiration. Um, so does my Bo favorite, Burnham in a way. My Yeah, that's true. My favorite Bill Wirtz song is Just Did a Bad Thing. How about you? Oh, shoot. I can't really remember. There's one... Um, Your, My favorite Bo Burnham song? I, can't, I haven't... I haven't looked Bill at him Wirtz. in a while. Oh, they said Bo Burnham. But if you are wondering, I'd say Art is Dead is my favorite. Or I'm Bo, yo. That one's great. And I'm Bo, yo. And I'm the greatest rapper ever. And I'll weather you, weather, whether you think I'm clever or not. Think you're better, you're not. Need a sweater, I'm hot. <clears throat> Let's see. Um, I gotta say one of my favorites was definitely... Uh, I like And the Day Goes On. That was a good one. Yeah. And the Night Goes On, my little windmill. Uh, and the day goes on. But um, I think, uh, like, the reason I said Pete Ham is, so, and one thing I, uh, so Pete Ham, a uh, bit of backstory, he was in a band called Badfinger, which was the first band signed to the Beatles record label, Apple Records, and yeah, so they got some real, you know, crappy things done to them, and I think actually a couple days ago, the 24th was actually the anniversary of his death, I think, 45 years ago. 1975, but um, that's not re related to this. So Pete Ham, uh, he was just a really he had a way of talking about things where he wasn't. It didn't feel like he was necessarily talking down to you, but he also wasn't acting like you did nothing wrong. If he was wanting to point out an issue about like the world or something, he would not. He wouldn't sit there and make it seem like you're stupid, I'm the smart one, you know, or I know everything. He would sit there and be like, I'm just going to tell you the truth, and whether you like it or not, it's just the truth. And I think he was, that was one of his best qualities. He laid and his down way of, the truth. Yeah. His best way of, his way of writing was also very subtle, you know, and he had a way, it was, it's weird, it's a sort of oxymoron. He was subtle, but it wouldn't take you very, it also wasn't so hard to find the meaning within what he was saying, Give us uh, an example. There's one, yeah, so one of my favorite songs is called Midnight Caller, and it's from Badfinger's second album, No Dice, and it's a song about a woman who, and this is the thing, is they've never found the meaning for it, but this is just my personal meaning for it. Uh, this, in my honest opinion, I think this, the song is about a, a girl who has a very carefree lifestyle, doesn't really, you know, value herself a whole lot, and then ends up becoming a prostitute. And Relatable. she ends up just, you know, she ends up, of you know, completely ghosting, you know, all of her friends. Ends up just completely cutting contact with all of them. Just, you know, stops talking to them all. And by the time she realizes what's going on and how wrong what she's doing is, 
she it's too late because all her friends are already abandoned her basically and she has no one to help her it's a very i actually uh, funny enough i i it's funny i bring this one up because i actually did a cover of it and uploaded it last night but um that's besides the point the lyrics are really it, they, they that's what it, so self-promotion plugging it in but no I, I seriously did not intend to do that it's just sort of it's a very special song to me so that's why uh but um like for example i'll give you a bit of a excerpt from it uh the opening lyrics are beneath the midnight caller she thinks of paper green you never hear them calling her name they just know where they've been you never hear her holler the tears no longer come she reads her daily book of the past that shows of everyone Gray years that show in her hair can't be, but don't seem to care. She locks the door, but there's no one there. Wonder what episode of Evangelion Neon Genesis that was based on. <laughs> Dude, Sweet Tuesday didn't write that one though. You sure? Just like yeah, how they like... didn't write Paper Planes. <laughs> Dude, yeah, right. Dude, you surely sure? Pete Ham back in nineteen seventy back in nineteen seventy was like, yo, bro. Evangelion is amazing. I'm going to go copy it. <laughs> nice accent. I'm going to go. I'm going to talk about the situation. Well, yeah. I mean, I th- I think it's pretty clear that Pete Ham was simping for Ray. <laughs> no, bro. You clearly read the lyrics, bro. He's clearly talking about Misato. Okay. I've never watched it, but yeah. Yeah. No, but um, if you want to know, there's one song that him, Pete Ham, and his friend, uh, one of his friends, one of the band, why I say friends, one of the band members uh, from Badfinger, Tom Evans, him and him and Pete Ham wrote a song called Without You, which later went on to be covered by a man named Harry Nilsson, who's also, he's really up there, in my opinion, with writers. He's also really great. But that song also, that song became a hit for Harry Nilsson, and it later got covered by Mariah Carey, which is how a lot of people today know of the song. And just to show you how Pete Ham sort of would vent with his music, one of the lyrics for it, I'll read it. It's the first verse, actually. He says, No, I can't forget this evening or your face as you were leaving, but I guess that's just the way the story goes. You always smile, but in your eyes, your sorrow shows. Yes, it shows. And that's sort of... So the idea behind that was Pete Ham, when Tom Evans had called him over to write the song, uh he was about to go out with his girlfriend to a date and he was like, Oh Tom, I can't go write a song. I'm out with my girlfriend right now. And his girlfriend was like, Oh, you can go, you can go. It's fine. And he was like, no, 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 no. This is the night for you. We're going to go out. And she goes, well, look at me. I'm smiling. I don't care. And then that's when he replied with, you know, words of wisdom. He replied, well, you're smiling, but your eyes are sad. And that's how, that's what inspired that lyric. And so Pete Ham had a sort of, that's why I've always just respected Pete Ham because he, he really was one of the great unrecognized songwriters of his time. You know, he's no more for the poppy, not really good, but not really complicated and deep hits that he had. And then nobody really recognizes the fact that he just genuinely had so much great takes on the world and just great ways of wording those takes that it just sort of, it's, it's something you got, like, I feel like it's something that people should at least recognize about him, but you know. That's just my opinion. Well. How about that? Jacob, well. your turn. You got to talk for about five minutes about uh, Bo Burnham now, I guess. Oof. I don't know if I have um, 
Middle School, great movie. I haven't seen it, but I heard it's really good. Um, it's good. It's really there, good. There, there was a show that Bo Burnham was on. Uh, it only lasted a season, unfortunately. I don't know if it was canceled. I think it was just simply they just only wrote a one-season show. It's called, though, uh, what's it called? Uh, Zach Stone is going to be famous is what it's called. Great show. I've heard of it's, that. It's hilarious. Um, it's definitely worth the watch. Um, hmm. I don't really have much else to say. Do you, do you want me to answer something specifically about Bo Burnham? He's a pretty cool guy. Makes great music and uh, you know, pretty funny. Talented. What else is there to say? It's Bo freaking Burnham. And I, I do have... You know, I do have another thing to say, too. Because, um, I, you know, I, I credited Bo Burnham for being a great writer. Well, even though this is kind of a... Like, a, of course you would say this. I also think Tom DeLonge is a great writer. Because think about it. Him... And along with Mark Hoppus, obviously, they really became a pop culture icon during the late 90s and early 2000s. They were huge. They redefined what pop punk slash punk rock was. And all and a lot of that was because of Tom DeLonge's writing and how great he was at writing catchy hooks and melodies. So I, I think it's definitely worth saying. And it's definitely he definitely deserves some credit. He, he's definitely a talented guy. So... I think a lot of people don't give like pop punk bands, especially pop punk bands, aside from like punk fans themselves or people who are just like really good and like, you know, are really into music. I think most people generally choose to give more of like the great writer, great, you know, amazing writing section to like classic rock or like, you know, pop artists and stuff like that, which is really, you know, it's something crazy because, you know, most I don't think people realize that not all punk songs are, you know, scream about, you know, and they're not all sex pistols. They're not all screaming about anarchy and wanting to overthrow the government. Mm -hmm. That's not to say the sex pistols aren't a great band, but, you know, people think that's all punk is when in reality there's great bands like sex pistols and or I already said sex pistols. There's great bands like like Buzzcocks who write great love songs and bands like Blink-182 that write really just relatable and then sometimes just out of this world sort of lyrics, you know. And I think that people don't really give him enough credit mm -hmm. for that. Yeah. Unfortunately, that, that style of music isn't really as big as it used to be. So I think a lot of people have forgotten just how good a lot of that music is. You know, the trend now is mostly rap music and obviously regular pop music has never really went away completely. Although yeah, it's definitely think, faded, honestly. Like I, I, I don't know how yeah. much radio that's popular that isn't some form of a rap song, you know? Like honestly. Yeah, Latino. We're in the same position, boys, that all the jazz musicians were in when rock came about. <laughs> like no one listens to jazz anymore. It's all rock. <laughs> yeah. Dude, this rock stuff sucks. You need to bring back jazz. <laughs> It, I wonder what's next. Them, what do you, or do you sympathize with them? I, I, it's weird. I like jazz, but it's it's funny just to think about what that. What do you think's next? It's sort of humorous. Honestly, I think it's a great thing, though. I think it's a great thing when genres do what jazz did. Because the thing is, you got to remember, when jazz died out, now jazz is like its own sort of subculture, you know? Not really, but you know what I mean. It's like there's there's a whole new community now for it. And it's not just everyone likes jazz it's like you, you like can meet jazz. people who like jazz and you have a sort of you know connection over them now if you go up to someone who likes rap sure you can have a connection with them but it's not really and it's it doesn't 
it feels cool, but it's not really like the specialness that you get from a lesser known genre of music, which isn't necessarily a great thing or a bad thing, but like, it's still nice, you know? And I, I'm sort of, so unlike most people, I'm looking forward to rock dying out because then we get to the really underground stuff that's going to be cool. Huh. What were you about to ask though, Jacob? I was going to ask, like, what, what genre do you think is next? Like, what do you think is going to be the next big genre after rap? Well, we seeing, we're seeing a shift more towards 80s style music. So I think synth pop, synth pop might try to make, make a little comeback early really? on in the 2020s. You, dude, have you heard like The Weeknd's new album? Holy cow. Wowzer. Dude, there's so many. The Killer's new album is The Killer's new album is really synth pop based. It's it's crazy. You know, there's so much like popular music coming out now that's really starting to take on elements from old 80s music. Like it's it's really interesting. It, and I think like if rap dies out, that's what or I don't think it ever will die out, but you know, uh, people said that about rock music and well now we know what's happening now <laughs> but um no like i feel like that's gonna be the next thing so basically fireflies 2.0 might be coming out in 2021 yeah but except it's gonna be done on like the you know the model d that'd be interesting um we should do wouldn't that wouldn't you agree you yeah know, extra this, reverb bringing back there's the this 80s. dynamic there's this dynamic I like to think about. And, you know, if you do the math, Adam Young, Owl City, was 14 years old when I was born, right? So what if in the next few years I'm famous and I become huge and then someone who was born the day I turned or, you know, close to when I was, you know, when I turned 14 years old, what if they grow up, become, you know, 14, 15 years old themselves, and that's when they start listening to my music, like, whoa, I can't believe I haven't been listening to this guy. It's really good. And then they, they start making music, and they style it off my music. And it's kind of like a prophecy. And then... When did you when did you really start, like, listening to music? Like, I know, not necessarily when you start making it, but when did you start, like, actively being like, I'm a fan of this that's, thing. That's good I'm going to listen to it more. That was me when I first listened to Ocean Eyes, really. Got into Hell City. He was the first artist that I really enjoyed as an artist and not just like songs. Still is, really. Still is like the only one. So the first artist slash band that I really first like genuinely got into, I'd say it would be your favorite Martian. Ray William and Johnson. Then, and then that, you know, that was a fun year while it lasted. You know, I was obsessed with it. And then When they, was that? Um... 2011 slash 2012. I think it was like July 2011. And then, um, yeah. And you know, they they stopped making music late 2012 or early 2012, if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, you know, I just listened to them for a while and I was like, man, I really wish I could listen to something. But then GTA 5 came out and because of that, the trailer song for it, Sleepwalking by the Chain Game 1974, came out. I was like, well, the song's really good. So I became a big fan of that band. And I was a big fan That's for like the half a year song? or a year. Yeah, it is. And then Which, after... No, no, no. I mean, I thought there was one that had Ogden's Nut Gone Flake by the Small Faces. The main trailer song for GTA Five and the one that was actually written pretty much specifically for it was Sleepwalking by the Chain Gang of 1974. I've heard... Yeah. I know that one, though. I know, Rocks, that, I know that song, but I'm just Rockstar, saying. I remember... That might have been Rockstar, the next... That might have been the PS4 trailer that had yeah, Ogden's Nut Gone Flake. Yeah, probably. It had that, like... It was that techno-ish song. No, the one that was like, 
you know that you if you heard it you would know what i mean yeah i think i think you're talking about the ps4 one but because uh, rockstar specifically went up to uh the guy from chain game 1994 like yo you want to write a song for the game and like it was like oh okay so anyways i listened to him for like a year and a half uh a half a year maybe a year and then um next thing you know i'm a freshman in high school it was around march uh, I started listening to Owl City randomly because I was like, hey, I like Fireflies, make space music, I'm bored, let's listen to Owl City. And I would just listen to bits and pieces, and I became a big fan, you know, I just kept listening, I was like, well, he's my new favorite artist. And, uh, just like a month ago, I've been listening to Owl City for five years, officially, I've been a fan. But I've known Fireflies since the song came out, obviously, because who hasn't, I just, that's when I became yeah. a fan, it's 2015. I, and then, uh, 2016, I, got- I started listening to Blink. And then 2018, 19, I started listening to Angels and Airwaves. And then, yeah. I got into music. So around 2011, my family and I went on a cruise for Thanksgiving. Of course and during you did. That, and during that, they took, they took a, um, they brought us to like this little show that the cruise had. By the way, a little fun fact. the crew, I, went, I, was, I was on the cruise the same time they were filming Alvin and the Chipmunks chipwrecked. Nice. <laughs> it was the same cruise ship, dude. I'm not even kidding. Like, I remember seeing, like, them setting up some cameras and stuff. That was really it, though. Nothing really. I didn't meet I didn't meet Earl, you know. You didn't meet Alvin or, or, or Theodore or Simon? I know, dude. I didn't meet him. I was like, where are they? You ah, I should have looked like, bring out the Chipmunks. No, but um, I remember on that same show, though, we went to this little show that had, it was a Beatles tribute show and they went through a whole bunch of songs with the Beatles and all I really remember is two things I remember the sort of at the end they're doing a cover of the Beatles song the end and there's like a little bit of like the girls chasing the guys dressed up as the Beatles I remember that and then I remember they did a like a, a visualization of Maxwell's Silver Hammer and that was the first and that's my oldest memory of Beatles song is Maxwell's Silver Hammer and uh and that's what got me into the Beatles. And so, yeah, that's how I got into music. So around 2011, 20, yeah, 2011. Yeesh. Man, how, how old were you in 2011? Like seven, right? I was not, I was, yeah, no, 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 no. I was seven, yeah. That's crazy. Well, this, is, this is crazy, like, how much younger you are than us, because, like, I just, you know, I always forget. Don't say that, dude. The that's FBI his fourth joke. That's his fourth joke. F- He's I'm got not making four a joke. Jokes. I'm not making a joke. The FBI is going to come up here. They're going to be like, excuse me, Mr. Domino. Yeah, I called him handsome earlier, so FBI better get on Ooh. that. Yeah, but I mean, every a lot of people do that to people who are younger than them. That's not necessarily... A- hey, sport, I'm going to address you as sport. <laughs> sport. Now on. Don't call me sport now. Okay, sport. Anything. Oh my gosh, that needs to be emerged. We need to make a t-shirt that just shows... Just, it just says, sport! Just, it sport. needs to be a picture of J- Jacob Extra and like sport. dad gear. Like He needs to have like slide-on sandals with socks on. He's got khaki shorts and a big old polo shirt that's striped with a big old baseball cap on his polo sunglasses. Polo striped? Says, that ain't yeah, what dad wears. That's what Frisk wears. That's what dad wears. Forget Austin. He just sits there and, then, and just says the cat. It just has like... Sup, sport written on it. <laughs> I own all of those. But do you know what would look like a dad? I should just dress up like Sans. Bruh. And then get like a wood pipe. Sans got cool attire. I'd wear 
I wear his type of clothes all the time. Mm-hmm. And I, I ain't would. no dad. Anyways, um, last thing that we have to talk about. Uh, Coker, have you played Animal Crossing at all? Yes, dude. Which ones? I played New Leaf when it came out, and then I played New Horizons, which I'm still playing. Very nice, very nice. Um, But, like, we were talking about the music the other day, or actually, like, it's been four or five episodes, but we were talking about it, so I figured, you know, I should go back and listen to it all. So I started with City Folk, since that one's my favorite. Listened to all of that. I went back to the original, listened to all of that, and then I went to New Leaf, listened to all of that, and I'm working on New Horizons now. Uh, that was a really long one, though. It was like six hours worth. But uh, it's kind of interesting seeing the differences between the different soundtracks. Just seeing how, like, they all kind of lend this sort of aesthetic to the game, but they're still so different. I think the main difference is the uh, how sparse or full the instrumentation is. Like, on City Folk, it's really sparse. On... New Leaf, it's a little bit more. On the GameCube one, it's a little bit more. And then on New Horizons, it's a lot more. Can can we talk about how forgettable Wild World was? I didn't even listen to that one yet. I that didn't was a even thing? know that existed. It was it, a Game Boy least, one, right? It's It was, no, DS, but it's my least favorite one. And uh, I don't know, it, just, it was just kind of a meh game. And it looks mm. like garbage because it was on the DS. <laughs> Um, True. Not the 3DS, you know. Obviously, you can make it that look good, but the original and not DS the 2DS good. either. The actual DS, the 1DS. Yeah. Uh, DSV1. I have it still to this day. Huh. That's cool. pretty cool. I don't know. It's it's pretty interesting. One thing I really picked up on is that on New Leaf, they started using like whoever was scoring started using accidentals a lot more, and it was like using woodwinds. Whereas in like uh, in City Folk, there was a lot of Wurlitzer and um, Concertina and a bit of 808. And then on the original, there was some mallet instruments and a lot of 808. Hmm. Anyways, seems like they like the guitar on New Horizons. Yeah, I noticed they, they, they use but a lot what of is, what is a concertina? You don't know what a concertina is? That's like the pirate's nope. version of an accordion. You know, they got that accordion sort of bag thing that a pirate uses. Yeah, that's I know con- what you're talking about. Yeah, that's a concertina. You would know what it was if you watched enough Phineas and Verb. It's like a, it's like a, the more of a, you know, octagon sort of looking right. accordion. Yeah, with no, with no real keyboard or something. I don't know. Anyways, um, so related to Animal Crossing, what's your guys' favorite song by? Uh, the that world famous musician who invented all the music, KK Slider. I don't really know very much of him, honestly. Um, Did you never go to the amphitheater or the uh, coffee shop to watch him play? I ain't got one. Yeah, I ain't, I ain't played enough Animal Crossing to get KK yet. Oh well, I know in in New Horizons he'll only show up on Saturdays, right? Yeah, Saturdays. I think it was the same for the GameCube version too. But I don't think you had to unlock him. He just was just there on Saturdays. Uh, true. Yeah, hey, the only reason true. KK Slider is the best musician in Animal Crossing is because he's the only musician in Animal Crossing. Pretty much. Yeah, but like he KK Slider's Wonderwall is my favorite. 
But it's not in the game, obviously. Dude, my favorite song by K.K. Slider was Sicko Mode. He honestly, like, really... <laughs> yeah. He honestly really changed the whole game when he dropped that one. He did. He changed a lot. Changed like, the game. He did, he did. Um, he changed the game so hard that the disc actually popped out in a different game. A different a different game disc was substituted yeah, dude, for Dude, I was it. playing it, and then all of a sudden it changed to Breath of the Wild, and I was like, whoa, what in the world? Yeah, it did, it did. Now, for me, it changed to uh, to Mario Odyssey, but it still changed. Now, I but hope anyways, K.K. Slider um, makes fireflies. K.K. He really changed the whole thing when he said, me, 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 me. My favorite song by him, though, is K.K. Disco. Oh, it's I thought Sicko Mode was pretty good, too. I like K.K. Surfing. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Bubblegum can die, though. I'm sorry, bubble Why are you tired of bubblegum, bubble man? That's the classic. Bubblegum can literally bubble die because I hear it anytime I hear a, like any sort of thing on Twitter. It's like me, 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 me. I'm like, shut up, bro. I will <laughs> throw you in a river. To shut up. Frozen instead. That's a I will real throw you cleanser. in a. I will throw the any cat or whatever that sings me, 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 me. me. I'll throw it in a river and then <laughs> fish it back out and then throw it back in. This dude's talking smack about Isabel. What you gonna say to that, Jacob? Isabel's a dog. Yeah, but he doesn't care. He's calling he's calling her a cat. He says he's gonna throw her in the river. He called Isabel like the only one that sings it. He called Isabel a cat. <laughs> no, Isabel ain't the only one that sings it. <laughs> I think <laughs> it's the funny cat Raymond that I also don't like. <laughs> I think that's enough. Can we, we talk, talk about <laughs> the motif of Harry Potter? Can we just end this? Can we can we have the music? We need to have the dude. We need to have the music for the ending of this be an Earthbound cover of Bubblegum. Well, you're in charge of making it. 